put out in, in the notice that we sent out earlier uh, that uh, we're going to have Evelyn Sidwa. And I don't know, I know some of you have met her. I don't know if you've all met her, but I think you all pretty much know who she is as the CEO of Members First Credit Union. Hey, there you are, Gene. Thanks. Uh, CEO of Members First Credit Union in Brattleboro. Um, and Members First, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know if it's still the case, but when it happened was the first definitely the first credit union, maybe the first financial institution in the state to uh, maybe not experience an employee uh, testing positive for COVID-19, but whose operations were impacted by it because of exposure and the lobby setup and being a one, uh, one location credit union or whatnot. Um, so Evelyn, I know that you were, uh, you know, really busy recuperating from all of that ordeal. Uh, the last week or so. And we really appreciate you uh, jumping on the line with us today to, to share your experience with everybody. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so just so everyone has a good understanding, again, Members First is in Brattleboro. They're in their own uh, lovely building in the north side of Brattleboro uh, with uh, about, what is it, 15 and a half to 16 million in assets, I think, and maybe 2,100 yeah. members. And yeah. Evelyn, if you don't mind, why don't you, I mean, whatever background you want to share about your credit and just so everyone has a good understanding of, you know, what oh, sure. Members First is all like. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We have, uh, we have one drive up window and uh, the uh, building's about 1,500 square feet per floor and all employees are situated, you know, we had spaced everybody out when this started and we just have the one office. We had three employees working off-site and six inside. So at the time that I was informed by the employee, I think it's important to remember that the last time she had been here in the building was six days prior. So we were told, I met with the staff Wednesday morning, and the last time she'd been here was Thursday afternoon. Hmm. The prior Thursday. The prior Thursday, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so she informed you or you got a call yes. from the health department? She did. No, she called me. She called me Tuesday night pretty late and said, because she hadn't been in on, on Monday because she wasn't feeling well, so her doctor had sent her to be uh, tested just in case because she, yeah. her husband is very um, high risk because he's going through chemo treatments uh -huh. right now. Hmm. So he said, just, you know, don't take any chances, just go. And she got her results back in 24 hours. So I pondered this all night, and I said, I'm not going to call people now, you know, rather than have everybody not sleep. I'll just take, be the one that doesn't sleep, but inform the staff sure. that, you know, right away when everybody came in the next day at 8 a.m. Sure. So and, what happened? Yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, um, I was just, um, just going to go through my narrative. So at the time, I told everybody, the first thing I thought of was the safety of the staff. So I said, why don't three of you go get tested and then right away, and then the three of us will go after, not realizing that that request to be tested triggered something else, um, uh, um, time, time constraints that we had. So in the meantime, during that day, that was Wednesday, then the health department uh, contact tracer called and here at work, and she said that everybody should go get quarantined for 14 days. And I kept telling her that doesn't make sense because nobody has any symptoms. Nobody was close to her because we're so far apart. And she insisted. 
And the people that she called at home after that, you know, they all told me that they felt like they were being badgered. Hmm. So I, and I, I knew that this was not, you know, not normal. So anyway, um, then I called her back the next day because I came into work the next day. And, she, of course, she was saying, oh, you're not supposed to be there. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to close the place down, whatever. But it still didn't make sense. So I, I called her back and I said, you never defined to anybody in close contact. You said, have you been in contact with, with this person? And we said, of course, we all live in the same, we all work in the same building. But she had never defined in close contact as defined by CDC guidelines. So that's what I was using for an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back into work and we were taking uh, telephone transactions over the phone. We closed the window and uh, just to be on, you know, because I didn't know what the health department, you know, I figured they have a lot of pulls. So, and then the, that's when we called Joe. The drive-up win- drive window you're talking about? That you yes, closed? we closed yeah. the drive-up window and we were taking transactions right. on the phone. Right, because your lobby was closed already. The anyway. lobby's been closed yeah. since March 19. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I was very, very surprised. And it's got to be just this one caller, because everybody else we dealt with, with at the health department was extremely supportive, um, very reassuring. And I know that you had a lot to do with that, Joe. And I know that uh, the banking department also called them. Right. Because that our biggest... Our biggest argument was that, you know, they, the close contact had not been defined. And right. we had no reason. Nobody had any symptoms at all. Uh, nobody, you know, and, and of course, when they investigated, they called me for an investigator on Thursday. I said, you know, we've all been through this mandatory training, 74 pages. I've got everybody's certificate here. Uh, we've been cleaning up every day, doorknobs. And, I mean, you know, um, and plus you know, wearing masks, of course. Um, so in the end, he ended up by telling me that he, he that uh, we had done a lot more than most other businesses. So that you know, so that was reassuring to hear. But now, even though I sent three people out for testing, because I did that, now they were not allowed to come back to work. So I remember um, I was going back and Maude was kind of relaying information between you and me at the time. And mm-hmm. I remember her mentioning that you shared something about the first three employees that you sent to be tested right away um, ended up going to be tested on day six instead of day seven. Um, and that the rest of you were going after the fact. But I didn't quite follow the whole part about people that went on day six to be tested had to be quarantined for the next 14 days. No reference right. to being able to go get tested again seven days later. But the people mm-hmm. that went on the seventh day just had to be quarantined for yeah. seven days, get tested, and then you know go back right. if they're clear. Yeah. The, the whole thing didn't make sense. Because you have to remember, nobody had any symptoms to begin with. Right. PCAF, yeah. whatever. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I think I just muted the, the suspect there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead. Um, well, after that, uh, then we were going back. After the investigation, then they said that um, they would turn it over to deliberation. And that's when we got the phone call saying that we could reopen. That was Thursday afternoon. So in the meantime, you know, because I was more concerned about the members, um, I had put a sign up on the window that said, um, 
we would we would plan to reopen on Tuesday. Of course, this is Memorial Day weekend, so this was horrible for us. I mean, so we you right. know we loaded up the ATM, uh, we put signs up, we put signs up on the on the you know the the website. We said we're really sorry, and then when we got the okay to open on Thursday. Uh, Thursday afternoon, I said, well, we're having the deep cleaning done anyway, which that was a lot of points for the health department. Sure. Um, and then uh, we had that done on Friday morning. And even that Friday afternoon, we continued to take our transactions over the phone. And then we reopened on Saturday, kind of like a soft open. Not everybody knew that we were opening on Saturday, but I had changed the signs on the drive through window. And then uh, that way the, the rush was not as much as it would have normally been. But then, you know, operations resumed. Of course, we were short-staffed because I had three people that could not come back to work. Right. Yeah. So what happened with those three people? Did they have to stay out for 14 days or did they end up going back to get tested again? No, they did not end up getting tested again. What happened is then they had to be out for 14 days from the point of last contact with that employee. But now keep in mind, nobody had any close contact with her. Right, right. So we had one person that had, you know, had had a little training session with her for about 10 minutes. They were both wearing masks. They were sitting, sitting you know, separately, you know, maybe closer than six feet, but it was certainly not longer than, than 10 minutes. They both had masks. And again, they didn't have symptoms. Well, so... So just so everyone's on the has the same understanding here, the information that we had come up with at the time from some research was, you know, um, everybody, of course, state of every state and, and entity and everything points to follow CDC guidance and whatnot. So when you look at mm-hmm. CDC guidance, there's a and a in there um, that we shared with Evelyn and company that uh, is about employers and the testing of employees and so on and so forth. And there's one question in there that says, if one of my employees tests positive, um, does that automatically mean that I have to close my business? Of course, it's not specific to a credit union, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer from the CDC to that question is no, it doesn't automatically mean you have to close your business. Um, it depends on whether that employee and others were in close proximity to each other. And then there's another question that asks about, well, what's the definition of close proximity? And close proximity is um, two or more people, according to the CDC, being in uh, close contact with each other within six feet of each other for extended periods of time, not crossing in the hallway or you know, two people passing each other on their way to the restroom or kitchen or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but working, you know, for hours at a time, presumably, um, you know, in close proximity to each other. Now, you know, granted, you know, it, it's all open to interpretation of whatever you think is right for your institution and whatnot. But, um, you know, that it, it is defined um, in CDC guidance. And the state of Vermont has been pointing to CDC guidance and so I presume, Evelyn, when this one employee, as you're pointing out, when this first health department employee, uh, you know, was, was uh, requiring uh, such strict uh, actions and whatnot, um, that, that whole, it sounded like a different interpretation of close contact and, and whatnot. Yes. yes. And then, of course, we wouldn't have had to close, but by default, because we would have had to quarantine everybody. Right. Right. Yeah, and even the even the person who tested positive said that she felt badgered by her uh, to the point where you know she wanted she wanted names because she had told them I have not been in close contact. 
Uh, she's the one that's been the most diligent right from the beginning. Hmm. But it was very, very disappointing. Um, and, of course, next time, you know, I'll know what to do. But right. uh, initially when somebody tells you you've got to close and you've got to send everybody home, it's very, you know, nerve-wracking. And the first thing you think about is the safety of your staff. Of course. So when you're telling your employees, um, what kind of reaction did you get from folks? I mean, were they, obviously they didn't like it, but um, right. were they understanding or did you get pushback? Or? Um, I didn't really get any pushback. Um, the three that went out for testing were kind of worried um, only because, well, they were all younger, you know. But uh, so they went and got their testing right away, and then they they also got um, felt like they were being well. Actually, one of them felt like they were being badgered uh, into filing a complaint, um, into you know close contact. You've been in close contact, and she kept telling her, "No, I have not been in close contact with anybody there. We're we're following all these guidelines." So it was, and then another lady didn't even get called at all. So that was kind of odd. So it just wasn't uh, any consistency. Right. But uh, like I said, the follow-up people from the, the health department were very reassuring, very supportive. I don't know if it was this person's, you know, first day on the job or if she wasn't, you know, she, we tried to ask her certain questions. I even asked her, what if I'm the only person in the building so that I can at least serve the members? Nope. You've got to go home and quarantine for 14 days. Wow. So I knew something did not make sense. Right. Right. Yeah. And and what about your members? You had to close your your whole uh, present physical presence for I, did you say two days? I think it was um, two days. Yeah. And so you put up signage, or I, I don't know what. Yes. What'd you end up telling your well, members? We, I did end up. Well, first I had told them due to a medical emergency, and I said this uh. isn't going to cut it. So then I changed the sign. And I said we have had exposure to COVID nineteen. Uh, we're very sorry for the inconvenience, and we plan to reopen on, um, you know, and then I told them the date. And everybody was very, very supportive. We didn't have anybody that, you know, we had some people that, that said, well, I, I can't get any cash. I'll see if I can borrow it from a family member. Because we have a core group of members that is all cash dependent. But for the most part, everybody was very supportive when they started coming back through the, the drive-through window, all they were concerned about was, you know, are we okay? Uh, is everybody okay? You know, things like that. So it, it was glad to, to see. Um, so uh, infection aside, you still have your lobby closed, I'm guessing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't, do you have plans to reopen your lobby anytime soon or is that yet to be No, determined? not anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Because other than um, we've been handling our business very well through the drive-through window. Okay. I mean, we do have people that ask us, you know, when are you going to reopen the drive, you know, the, the lobby, lobby. but uh, we're just, I'm hoping to push it off till September. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and we've had that from credit unions. I think in our last call, we had credit unions opening from anytime last week to September and everything in between. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's everybody's best judgment. Um, was there somebody that had a question or a comment or something for Evelyn? I, might have cut somebody off earlier unintentionally. Hey, maybe somebody's calling in just to ask a question right now. No, it's Richard Brock. I couldn't hey. figure out how to get that. I'm late. I'm sorry. Hey, Richard, thanks for jumping on. I probably missed all the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Evelyn, what would you, I guess I'll ask questions for people. What, 
what, knowing what you know now, what do you think you would do, have done differently? I would not send anybody out for testing if they did not have any symptoms. Uh, so, you know, of course, you review when was the last time the person was here? Has anybody been in close contact? So none of that had happened. So there was no reason to send anybody out for testing. And of course, if, the, if anybody wanted to go get tested, then they have to quarantine until they get their results. Uh, right. Results are, well, you said your first employer was 24 hours, but I think I've heard it can be as long as 48 hours, but somewhere in that window anyway of 24 mm -hmm. to 48 hours. Yeah. yeah, most of them took uh, three days, 72 hours. So did the rest of you end up um, going to get tested? No. Because you didn't need to. Yeah. Right. Great. And again, nobody had any symptoms. We did talk to our primary care physicians, and they said, if you don't have any symptoms, don't even worry about it. Because they asked us the same questions that we would normally answer. You know, were you in close proximity? No. Do you have right. any symptoms? No. Right. Right. Good. Um, hey, I see Molly Dillon from DFR is on the line. Um, and uh, I'm not I'm not wanting to put you on the spot, Molly, but, you know, have you? But you are. But, but I will anyway. Um, it, to your to your knowledge, uh, is this the first uh, situation like this that we've had in Vermont of a financial institution being impacted this way from an infected employee? Uh, yes, it is. It is. And I think I would. I think I'll. I'll just mention a couple things. Um, one is that. Um, you could be completely correct about the, the person you first spoke with because um, to get the uh, uh, tracer testing going, the health department hired a lot of people that aren't regular health, probably not health department regular employees. That was on their, you know, their special webpage. So, yeah. yeah, they probably had a lot of um, newer people or people unfamiliar with this particular protocol to train, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And um, I did hear today on the, in, a, in the Q&A part of the governor's talk that um, if you have the infect, if you have, if you test, take a test, they do ask that it be ap after seven days but that if you take the test and you have an infection, um, you would hear about that. Dr. Levine had said 24, as, but no more than 48 hours later. And if you haven't the, the infection, um, they're not calling you with that information and sometimes that takes longer. So that's been, not understanding that had been a little bit distressful for some other people I heard who took tests. Right. Yeah. Because I had a staff person here that said, I'm not hearing anything. Oh my God, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So everybody had to call their, their doctor to find out. And I guess that is related to where the, which labs are involved and how the response comes back. If you're not infected, if, if you are, then there's this sort of, you know, rapid response thing. But anyway, that was, you know, it's just better to know that it might take mm -hmm. a while to get notified by the mail. If, and so if you're not infected, you're going to hear, you're not going to hear right away, but you'll know if you right. are. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, you know, you have to stay home. And yeah. again, I think that's a suggestion. Um, you know, it's not absolutely necessary if you, unless you think that you've had close contact. Yeah. Or, or you exhibit symptoms. Or you, ex- or you symptoms. exhibit symptoms. Right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> so the staff ended up being out, uh, out uh, seven and a half days, seven and a half work days. Right. Yeah. So they were very upset. Well, I, I, have finally... to say, I have to tell you that um, I, I, am a little, I am a little surprised that not everybody has to be tested just because the only other uh, case I know about was within DFR and was similar. This person hadn't been, we had all been sent home on like March 13th. Um, but, um, you know, what... And, and this person ended up being at home the whole time that that they were ill and hadn't come in contact to us. But we had conversations about what we were going to do and thought that it would be a little bit more on the stricter side than the um, than than what you experienced. So you know that definition is useful. But was that uh, a while back or? Oh, it was the very recent? beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the so... very beginning. Yeah. I mean, it happened, you know, we'd all been away from there for 14 days. So it was almost a non, more of a non-event because we were all actually away <clears throat> from this person <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. when right. we found out. But these interpretations of what to do or what not to do have certainly evolved over the past few months. Yes. Well, yes. And that's what the health department reassured me too. They said, we learn something new every day. Uh, guidelines change. And I think that day that the guidelines had come out that the, the virus does not stay as long on uh, inert surfaces as long as they thought they did before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was quite the learning experience. Hey, anybody else have any <clears throat> questions or comments for um, either Evelyn or Molly at all? Yeah, I, I do have a question. Um, you said there was a period of time between when that person was in the office and anybody else went back, but they still wanted you to do a deep clean, right? Even though supposedly only lasts for a couple of days? Uh, no, actually they did not. Okay, I'm um, sorry, I misunderstood. It was, yeah, it was, it was unnecessary because the day that the deep cleaning was scheduled was after seven days that the employee had been in. So it wasn't absolutely necessary. But I, okay. I chose to do it again anyway, and, then, and that helped my case with the health department. You know, when I talked to them, I said, you know, we've taken all these steps. We're taking these additional steps. So, we, you know, we feel so that my staff feels safe when they come back in. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. You're, you remind me, Doug, with that question that uh, the guidance that we've sent out um, that has referenced cleaning services and whatnot has... Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, and I forgot about this until you just mentioned it, uh, presumed that, you know, you found out this morning and you had cleaning done this afternoon and, you know, going through that whole process. Uh, Not this time lag uh, that Evelyn had where she's finding out on Tuesday, um, but the last contact from the employee was, you know, the prior Thursday. So I I guess that does make a difference or can make a difference. uh, Even in your case, you chose to do the cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And we thought it was important to have this discussion because, um, you know, as all of you either reopen lobbies or, or bring, bring employees back, it doesn't have to be lobby related, bring employees back, but certainly having people come into the lobby for those of you that are, um, you know, I'm not a gambling person, but I'm guessing that the odds of somebody becoming infected, no matter how careful you are, uh, become greater and greater, you know, the more people are involved in the office and so on and so forth. So um, the odds of this happening again, I'm guessing, but it's just me, seem like they're greater, uh, you know, the further that we go along in this process. And, and I don't know if any of the rest of you heard this afternoon, it's, it's going to sound like I'm going off on a tangent, but uh, our business partner, uh, Origins, uh, Cuddle to all of us in normal speak, um, I listened to a, an economics uh, presentation that they had this afternoon uh, by Elliot, Elliot, what's his name, Eisenberg, I don't know if any of you were on, and he was referencing, and this part does tie to this conversation, how, you know, he's very pot. Well, as positive as you can be in his outlook and all that kind of stuff. But uh, at one point he was showing at the very tail end um, how nationwide, not specific to Vermont, um, that the uh, decline of infections, uh, the rate of, of decline of infections has kind of, I don't know if you say plateau, but it's flattened. Um, and that that is of concern. Now for his purposes, it was for economic purposes and whatnot. But that's of concern because it, since it's only flattening, it's not continuing to decline, um, that that's a possible indication that th as, you know, states like Vermont are opening back up again, that there's a stronger and stronger possibility that there will be some resurgence of infections in the fall or late summer or, or whenever. Um, or as we open. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Good. Uh, and that's why I want to push our reopen up back to September. Yeah. I, I was going to ask if um, at, how many people on the call um, have their lobbies open now? John, is John still on? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. How's that going? So just round numbers. Uh, we uh, went from about 10,000 transactions a week uh, to down to 4,000 with just our drive ups open. Uh, and then once we open the branches on the 18th, uh, we're back up to about 5,000. Although last Friday was our busiest day since we've been reopened. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, and the, the uh, position or the thoughts around our staff is that uh, a lot of Friday was because people are out working again and they're getting paychecks. So uh -huh. <laughs> a lot of the volume on Friday was paychecks. So Saturday was pretty quiet, uh, but uh, we are still, you know, we're, I, for the week, we probably are around 5,500 transactions. So we're still just over half. Yeah. Huh. But no, no, no oh. issues with members, uh, just for people's understanding, you know, on the call, uh, you know, just a few people without masks, if, uh, we've got our tellers spaced out, so transactions take longer uh, in terms of waiting in line. But uh, people are polite, people are happy we're open, and uh, seem to be responding pretty well. What about from the staff perspective, the people at those teller or whatever you call them, windows? Yeah. They were all 
okay and, yeah. and accepting and all that? Yeah, we, well, we have plexiglass in all of the yeah. teller lines, so yeah. they're they're kind of cocooned. But uh, so it's it's been uh, very you know no reactions. Staff are you know we had a lot of people that weren't working full time because of the you know not being closed. Uh, so a lot of them are glad to be back. Awesome. Hi, hi, Molly. It's Yvonne. It VS to you. I just want to piggyback what John just said. We just opened and, and expanded our branch lobby hours today. Uh-huh. Uh, we have expanded our hours from nine until two p.m. Um, intentionally rolling it out slowly so we can just monitor new member behavior. Um, what I like, John. What I want to share with everyone is one: we didn't, we did not experience a mad rush to all of the branches, with the exception of our flagship branch, Montpelier. We had over 100 members visit us in the first three hours. Um, but just want to share that members are incredibly compliant, very understanding, very respectful. We had a handful of members who did not have masks when they approached our facilities. And we are making disposable masks available for people if they have forgotten them. Um, and it, it went very, very well today. Good. This is Jean Pelmont Federal. Um, we also opened at the same time John did, and we are finding the same things. I think Donna can probably speak um, more um, full, fully to it, but <clears throat> members have been polite. Um, it hasn't been that busy in the branches. They're still going through the um, drive-throughs to a great extent, um, but we haven't had any issues at all. Good. Awesome. Very good. And um, I listened to the same economic report that um, Joe was talking about. Have have you all still a big uh, vi refi volume or was that kind of just as we entered into it and it needed to get through, you know, like the frog in the snake or is there still, a, I hate snakes, a still a, um, a, a, a pipeline there? Uh, there? There's a pipeline there. Okay. It's, uh, the demand is, uh, is great. I have my colleague on the on the phone. I think Val is on the phone, but um, yeah, the the pipeline it, it's it's a challenge to manage it at the moment. Mm. Yes, is that's the cuddle pipeline. True. Well, uh, the the mortgage refi pipeline is uh, very challenging, as Yvonne stated, and the cuddle, the new and used, mostly used automobile uh, business, has picked up considerably in the last two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's what this guy showed. So, Elliot, it was interesting. He was good. Same for you, John and Gene. Yeah, for, for mortgages, we're the same. Uh, yeah. Our highest month ever in April, then our highest month ever in May, and we'll we'll see wow. where June beats it. Uh, hmm. But we we closed over uh, about 110 million in mortgages last month. So we're pretty uh, busy. And PPE. <laughs> uh, yeah, not as, uh, yeah, we did not do as many as others in PPE. But still. I, I, yeah, we're, the pipeline is still uh, very hard to manage. A lot of overtime, a lot of staff, uh, people are tired at mm -hmm. this point. Mm -hmm. 
and the municipalities um, being allowed to open a little more, has that helped you or have people figured out their workarounds for all of that? Yeah, we've been able to get around that now. I, you know, I, I haven't heard about municipality issues in a few weeks, but judging by the number of closings we've had, I'm, you know, they, they had to have figured out a way around that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, sorry, Joe. <laughs> no, that's fine. So as economists that Molly and I were both listening to this afternoon and whoever else on the call here was listening to was, it was interesting because uh, of course he wasn't credit union specific. I mean, he knows credit unions, but uh, you know, unlike a Mike Shank from CUNY, he wasn't talking about credit and financial performance specifically, but he was hitting all of the, you know, primary economic indicators, you know, in, in new construction, uh, residential, and, and a little bit of, of uh, commercial uh, mortgage refis, like Molly was referencing, um, uh, car sales, obviously, because it was sponsored by Cuddle and, and whatnot. And um, pretty much on every one of the counts uh, that he was citing, um, you know, the, the current performance is still way down, um, but on, you know, an upswing that they had all yeah. kind of bottomed out, sort of, so to speak, I guess would be a way to say it. Um, and, and he was uh, commenting how he expected um, this recession <clears throat> to be short-lived and citing historically that every recession that comes as a result of a pandemic uh, is short-lived. That doesn't mean that there won't be, uh, you know, lots of delinquency going into 2021 and, you know, impact on financial institutions and all of that. Uh, but as far as the marketplace is concerned and, and employment and sales and so, so on and so forth, <clears throat> that uh, he was expecting it to be a three to five month recession, but that's his opinion. So we'll see how, how that pans out or whether it pans out. Yeah. We've, we've probably all heard some other ones, but he, he definitely had some charts that were a little reassuring. <laughs> he, he, it, it was definitely a little bit more uplifting than many of the economic forecasts yeah. that I've heard. So either he's way off or, yeah. or things have changed in the past few days. Or, right. or, he, doesn't, or he doesn't have to think about um, new tax bills in the legislature. Well, that's, that's true. That's very, very true. Um, Sorry to hijack the conversation, Evelyn. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Evelyn. <laughs> but no, we, oh, we, no. We all did. Um, so is there any suggestion you'd make for credit unions, Evelyn, that, you know, ha well, nobody else has dealt with this yet or that we're aware of anyway? Um, it sounds like you'd recommend, you know, don't automatically send people to get tested unless uh, they're That's exhibiting right. symptoms or, or whatnot. And also, I would double check with the health department if somebody tells you that you have to close or, you know, you know by default because nobody else was there and they all had to quarantine. Um, we were getting, you know, same question, four different answers, from, and they were all from the health department. So once we finally got to the point where we said, okay, this makes more sense now, then we were able to make our decisions. But I think that's the, the, the big thing is don't automatically send everybody else to be tested because of right. the time constraints that happen, you know, because then you automatically, automatically have to stay home until they get their results. And they may not even be able to come to work after that, which is what happened here. They said they had to wait until that 14th day after the, con the last contact with that employee, which still did not make any sense to me, but we didn't even want to argue. I would love so it yeah, sounds, sorry, Molly, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say because, you know, the, the guidance for people coming from out of state is even after seven days, if you don't have symptoms, you can get tested and then end your quarantine. So that doesn't right. make any sense. Right. No, no, it didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and of course, thank God I had, you know, I had uh, Maud, my consultant, to help me out. And then the uh, we did get very... Uh, a lot of reassuring from the health department and the banking department and then of course Joe but it was quite the nightmare <laughs> you know when you're thinking oh I thought I was doing something right but then I'm being told that I'm something not different right 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 and then the the priority was the staff and the membership well it sounds like as Molly pointed out that you know because of all the new people uh, on the payroll at the health department mm -hmm. at least temporarily anyway that maybe you just were unlucky and ended up with someone that was yes following the, the following the script but um, mm -hmm. you know didn't have the experience to go with it uh, right right yeah. so that's unfortunate but hey now you've been through it and now you know what to do next time if there is a next time that's right hopefully not yeah, that's right mm -hmm. awesome uh other questions or comments about anything to do with this issue or or for evelyn in particular what is it not showing up on I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, th thank you, Evelyn, for jumping on the call. We really appreciate that. Oh, my That's pleasure. Great. My that, pleasure. Uh, Glad I could help. Sorry, sorry we will put you on the spot about sharing your experience, but it's important information for everybody, regardless of size of the credit union, and is mm -hmm. only going to become uh, more pertinent as we open up more and get uh, you know, more exposed to members. Uh, as time goes on here. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. Um, I really don't have much else. I was going to give you a few highlights from the economic presentation that Molly and I uh, touched on, but I think we probably covered most of it. Um, I, one thing I learned, though, is that I did not know, um, and maybe I just missed it in the news, that Hertz, uh, the car mm -hmm. rental company, had declared bankruptcy. Um, and I, maybe some of you know that, that I deal with this all the time, but I, I did not know that. And it was interesting to hear this economist uh, say that, you know, they don't own, I guess, technically in his parlance, the 700,000 cars that they rent out. Um, and that there's this concern that, uh, like I think we've seen in the past, that a big manufacturer like that gets to a point where they're flooding the market with gently used uh, rental vehicles. Um, which would depress, uh, you know, the sales value of automobiles or used cars anyway. So that was an interesting thing that I did not know before this. Um, he commented, no surprise, there's no inflation going on right now, and it's not expected for quite some time. Um, and that's about it. If you didn't hear that presentation, and if, and I, I didn't stay till the very end, Molly, because I had another call to get on, so I don't know if they referenced about a recording or, or whatever of this being made available to us, but if we come across a, a link or a file or whatnot, we'll make it available to all of you for sure. Yeah, they mentioned okay. that they would send out the slides. Thank you. Um, and as far as other updates are concerned, uh, you know that uh, late last week I was reporting that the House acted on some modifications to the SBA's PPP program for the whole forgiveness process, which I guess there's quite a fair amount of uproar about nationwide uh, from borrowers and others. Uh, certainly a convoluted kind, kind of uh, application for um, 
forgiveness. Um, and a lot of confusion about that. So uh, anyway, in that update, I put what changes were going to be, and that's gone to the Senate. Uh, apparently, the Senate has come up with its own version as well. I think that had happened about the same time. I don't know if that's going to get voted out this week uh, by the Senate or not. It sounded last week like there was some urgency to it. Today, I'm hearing that um, there'll be a lot of noise coming out of Congress this week, but probably not much by way of actual productivity. Uh, so we'll watch the updates and we'll report things out as soon as they develop. Mm -hmm. um, can, can, I, can I ask a question? Please. Um, I'm wondering, has anybody had any pushback from their staff as far as hazard pay? Oh, good, good question. Because this really cemented it <laughs> yeah, when this happened. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anybody doing anything akin to hazard pay for employees? Hey, Joe, um, it's Yvonne. We've been asked by a handful of employees whether or not they are eligible for hazard pay, and our response has been under the guidelines that they are not. And that, um, right. that during the period of time in which the legislature was considering hazard pay, during that period of time, we uh, moved our workforce remotely and closed our branches and um, instead focused on investing in and creating a safe working environment. Mm, okay, thank you. So th this is John. I'll just say that we have done a couple of things over the last few months. Um, we are uh, doing a pay differential for people who work in the member facing right you know branch locations right now uh, mm -hmm. but i would advise to be cautious because it's a, a challenge you mm -hmm. know we can be constructive but it also can create a lot of internal discussion mm -hmm. and that's what's happening here i had one person that chose not to come back and so she's collecting unemployment uh, we, we've had some people leave as well so, yeah. I'm... So that is one other thing that uh, Molly and I saw in this presentation today that he showed a list of states um, with unemployment claims and uh, unemployment claims compared to what is it, Molly? Compared to like average, wasn't average. Uh, compared to pay or something. Anyway, Vermont listing all fifty yeah. states. There were about six that had uh, low unemployment claims and all the rest with Vermont near the top uh, had really, really high unemployment claim ratios because uh, so many people are making as much or more not working uh, between right. unemployment and whatever other dollars they're getting, subsidies that they're getting, mm -hmm. uh, rather than going to work and thinking they may potentially be exposed and whatnot. And so the idea from some people is expressing, oh, I'm concerned that I might be exposed to the virus, therefore I don't want to work, and oh, by the way, I'm going to stay home and make more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but, I think that, and that's one of the, one of the um, things that has come up in, in at least, maybe it's the Senate's version, I don't know, of the, of the, of a problem with the um, CARES bill, not with PPP. But right. It's creating this difficulty. 
But uh, one other thing you can point to if you choose to do that, Evelyn, um, about not doing hazard pay, if, you, if that's where you want to go, it, and, and Molly might remember a build number or insight or whatnot that I, I, is escaping me at the moment, but there was uh, legislation, I know it was entertained, I forget if it was passed by the Vermont legislature, um, as part of this $400 million package that is being worked on right now. Um, actually, it's not a bill number. It's part of the governor's proposal um, to um, give some form of, I don't think they call it hazard pay, but something akin to that uh, to, uh, and it's not pay, it's a bonus or some, an extra payment uh, from state mm -hmm. government to people that are in I guess, so-called hazardous positions, but they're all pretty much all medical community uh, type positions. Um, so not people working in financial services uh, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, if you need some, some substan form of substantiation, that might be something to, to use. Mm -hmm. But there would be nothing available from the state or the federal government? Right. No. Okay. For, not, for, not right, for, not right now. Not for crediting right. employees. Right. Yeah. Or, or banking employees. Right. right. Mm -hmm. I know. And, and I can see, of course, giving people, um, because they are, you know, putting their health on the line. They're, they're handling a lot of transactions with money. Um, I mean, we're sanitizing after every transaction as much as we can. But it's also discouraging to me because as a small credit union, this is a huge expense for us. Right. To have to pay a hazard pay. Yeah. Right. I mean, as well as, you know, as long as along with, you know, the skip of pays that we've been doing, the, the we've lost a lot of fee income because nobody's spending any money. So there's no interchange income. Um, there's no, you know, no share draft income. So that's why I was asking about that. But I mean, it is what it is. It's just very hard to um, be encouraged. Right. But we're all, you know, we're all going through the same issues. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much for all jumping on the line with us today. And again, thanks uh, to you, Evelyn, for sharing your story with us. Everybody is benefiting from it um, greatly. Thank you. So thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Molly. And thank you, everybody else. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you Joe. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Yeah.